On today's show, Marcus Morris on threads, having some things to say about Clipper fans that Clipper Nation might not like to hear. And also going to be answering some listener questions, asking me about Terrence Mann's role and what I think it should be this upcoming season. And same question for some of the youngsters. Going to be talking about all that on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in LA and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan this fall. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA sports, LA Clipper, NBA, and NBA history content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what you think of Marcus Morris's comments about Clipper fans that I'm going to be getting into. And also Terrence Mann's role. I was asked about this and also asked about the role of certain youngsters and their playing time this upcoming season. So going to be answering some listener questions. Of course, if you guys want me to talk about certain topics on the podcast, especially right now where it's summer, it's off season, news is kind of slow. Keep suggesting things and keep throwing out questions that you want to see answered on the show at me in the comment section on Twitter at Locked On Clips, wherever it may be at Dime Dropper Pod. You let me know. And by the way, I just wanted to say so you guys have a heads up in August, we are now at three episodes a week. So it's not the normal five day a week schedule that you get year round. It's actually my first time doing Locked On Clippers, I believe, for a full month doing three episodes a week. So expect that. And yeah, three episodes a week. I think when I first started, I was doing three episodes a week, but it's almost a year since I've done this, which is crazy. It feels like it has flown by in that sense. It's hard to to think I've been doing Locked on Clippers podcast for a full year and doing several of these every single week. And I really want to thank all you guys that have listened over the course of this last year and my first year doing this, the way we've seen the channel grow in terms of the YouTube channel in particular it's just awesome. And, you know, it's just me doing this. I got no co-host. Obviously, the old Lockdown Clippers operation with Charles and Will was a two-man job. So it has been a little tough for me. And I know I haven't been really good lately about uploading. So I also want to apologize because my computer, there was a mix-up with the fix. So it still isn't fully fixed. But I'm just let you know this. You are getting at least 12 episodes this month for the three-a-week, you know, quota so to speak. So I will be doing better. And then when the season starts, you already know, I think I've done better with my time management, uploading these episodes and certain things like that, gotten more comfortable and gotten better equipment, certain things as the year has gone on. So expect year two be, to be of me doing this to be even better than year one. And I also want to say this, the, your host, I may be the youngest locked on NBA host, but your locked on NBA host just got one year older. Turned 24 yesterday, so I'm now 25. So you are now listening to a 25-year-old. <laughs> I'm still the youngest host, though. 
But anyway, let's talk about Marcus Morris for a second. So I didn't want to spend an entire episode on this because it's just weird. And for all we know, the guy could have been hacked. But I don't know if he, I don't think he was hacked. So there's that app Threads that certain people started to get into because Elon Musk is doing a number on Twitter, or should I say X right now? It's weird. He's making the whole app some just different. I've been locked out of DMs so many times already. Every single day I get locked out of DMs. I'm in so many different chats, talking about the Clippers, talking about NBA history, whatever it may be, promoting my content. So I've been getting locked out and I refuse to pay him. But anyway, so Marcus Morris seemingly has gone to threads as well. And he posted, quote, I wish I had my Twitter. Bum-ass Clipper fans, LOL. That's Fostar13. That's the same name he's got on Instagram and whatnot. When I saw that, my first thought was, okay, that's probably fake. Somebody probably hacked him or whatever. But it looks like and sounds like him. And listen, it seems like everyone believes it. Clipper media, um, fans throughout Clipper Nation, you know, Clipper Twitter, they were believing it, that this was him. No hack job, no nothing. And look, Clipper fans were cruel to Marcus Morris this season. Some of them over the line. I've seen fans tag him in things, berate him throughout the season, and it's it was just messed up. At the end of the day, this is basketball. This is a game. Sometimes guys underperform, and you can criticize them, but then tagging them for them to see as if you're some, like, motivational guy for them like they have enough people that are in their corner that can tell them that he's underperforming and he actually you know will listen to them not some random guy on the internet piling onto him when he's down or any athlete this isn't just marcus morris i'm talking about and by the way certain people have a way of crossing the line and going past basketball you want to say oh you can't get off the ground get a rebound marcus morris oh that's one thing then you talk about you're a bum, you suck, you're trash, all this. That's when you cross the line. At that point, you're just getting personal and you can get away with it because you're a guy behind a screen and you're not in the public eye like Marcus Morris is. He's got a lot more to lose than you. So with all that being said, I don't blame Marcus Morris for being frustrated with some Clipper fans. But he posted, I don't know what he even means by that. Did some Clipper fans hijack his Twitter account? I'm thinking that's what that could mean. I don't know. If that's the case, then okay. But how do you know they're Clipper fans? All I know is this. If that's the way he feels about Clipper Nation, bum-ass Clipper fans, that would obviously include me, a huge Clipper fan, and all of us. I'm not going to call Marcus Morris a bum. It really actually hurts to hear because we've supported Marcus Morris. There has been a contingent that has supported Marcus Morris now for three and a half seasons. and. We've had some great times together. 2021 playoffs. Are you kidding me? Anybody that was part of that curse breaker team will always hold a special place in my heart. Marcus Morris's dagger three in game seven against Dallas, half Clipper fans and half cardboard cutouts. That'll always be a special moment. And then his performance in game five at Utah, we couldn't have done it without him. So I don't know. And I remember the tweet he sent out or the tweet he tweeted the night of the curse breaker. And he said, Clipper nation, you were on one tonight or something along those lines, or you brought it. And I remember Marcus pumping up the crowd when he was on the bench. And that was just an awesome moment because after seeing a guy like Marcus come to the Clippers in a season where you played in front of fans for like five to 10 games, then all of a sudden you're in the bubble. 
Now you're seeing what a sold out house is like for the first time during the playoffs. It was just electric. So having shared that experience with Marcus Morris, I was in the building that night. It's, it hurts to hear him say bum ass Clipper fans, even though he's clearly targeting a specific section. I don't know. You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. <laughs> I'm partially joking, but it hurts to hear. And at the end of the day, I've made my stance very clear that I think Marcus Morris needs to be traded And this. I mean, that was the last straw bum ass Clipper fans. It's time for him to go. And we need him to go. So Tyloo doesn't play him so much next season. And because get that $16 million contract off the books, make room for other guys. And coming up, one of those other guys, Terrence Mann, somebody asked me about his role. Going to be answering that coming up. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue? You know you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could get your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. All right. So a question asked by the great man muse on Twitter was, what do you want Terrence Mann's role to be this upcoming season? Now, let me tell you what I think his role is going to be. And then I'll tell you what I want it to be. Cause they're two different things. What I think his role is going to be is likely a backup that gets 19 to 28 minutes a game and we still complain about the fact that certain times he's not playing enough. But he'll play more than last season. That's what I think it's going to be. Utility guy off the ball. But what I want it to be, and I've said this many times, I want him to be our starting shooting guard. I want it to be our starting shooting guard because, it, one, ensures that he plays more minutes. Because the oftentimes the problem last season was, you played your starters. You bring in Terrence Mann. At, you know when he wants to, when he has to come in. You know for the second unit, and then he gets tired. Right naturally, you give guys seven eight minutes, and then you sub him out. But then you sub out Terrence Mann. He came in from like the three minute mark remaining in the first quarter, all the way to like the six minute mark of the second quarter, and then the last six minutes you don't play him. So he gets one stint in the game per half, which will amount to about 22 minutes. That's not good enough. That's not what we want. We need Terrence Mann playing more because of what he does for the team. What does he do for the team? He is the guy that is willing and decent enough to guard the opposing team's best players at the point of attack to save Kawhi Leonard and Paul George from doing it, to even save Russell Westbrook from doing it. He's also one of the best spontaneous movers, cutters on the team. Off the ball, you take your eyes off him. He sees that, you know what, let me make this pass easier for Paul George. 
let me cut to the basket so he can drop it off instead of having to kick it out all the way across his body to the deep corner. He also is a great vertical threat when he's at the rim. Not necessarily a lob threat, but when he's right at the rim, he goes up strong, finishes strong, fantastic in transition. And I've talked about so many times that the Clippers have needed to play at a faster pace in the 2-1-3 era. He lets us play at a faster pace. He is able to have the transition from defense to offense be that much quicker, that much more explosive. And with a player like Russell Westbrook, that is absolutely what we need. Now, one thing that's been made of Terrence Mann's role or the conversation surrounding it is that it was always changing. So let's go back to last season and talk about that. In the beginning of the season, opening night, he got like three minutes. He was the 11th man in the rotation as of opening night. That was crazy. Shortly, Kawhi Leonard missed a bunch of games, so that changed. But we saw him be the shooting guard here and there because Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Ivica Zubats, and Marcus Morris, they had the starting spot locked. It was that shooting guard spot. In the beginning, we tried Norman Powell, then a little bit of Kennard, then a little bit of Terrence. It seemed like we went with Kennard until Kawhi could come back. But Terrence Mann, majority of last season, let me see exactly what the numbers ended up looking like because he came the majority of games off the bench. He played 81 games last season and started 36 of them. So those other 45, he came off the bench. Now, we saw him start for a little bit as the de facto point guard when we made the decision to make Reggie Jackson a bench player. And when we did that, John Wall wasn't healthy, so we made Terrence Mann the starter. And a lot of that is because the front office was strong-arming Ty Lue to play, to play Terrence Mann more, to start him, and that is what happened. And all of a sudden, you saw the Clippers win games. I remember the first true Terrence Mann start at the point guard was against the Atlanta Hawks, a game I attended, and you can find the vlog on my channel. It was a really solid one. It was in the 200 section for that game. And it was Terrence Mann, Kawhi, Zoo, Marcus Morris, and I forget the other starter in that one because we didn't have Paul George. That was when he was out. It may have been Kennard, but he was also going through some injuries here and there as well. But there was always that 12 and two, or sorry, it was 10 and two in the last 12 games pre Russell Westbrook acquisition with Terrence Paul and Kawhi starting. I believe one of those losses was against the Philadelphia 76ers at the Staples Center. And I forget the other one, but maybe at Milwaukee, I could be wrong there. I know for a fact that one of them was that Philly game, but Terrence Mann at the point guard wasn't really Terrence Mann running the offense. It was Terrence Mann bringing the ball up, passing to Kawhi or Paul George to then either have a post up or a pick and roll. And then, or he could, or he would throw the ball to Paul George coming off an off ball action, you know, so he would initiate here and there, but it wasn't a ton of Terrence Mann being the creator. It was more Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are creating. Reggie Jackson is not taking shots and pick and roll looks away from them. Terrence Mann gets to play off the ball and cut and shoot the three ball at a 39% clip in which he did last season, and your defense gets significantly better. And that's one thing we really noticed in that stretch was our defense got a lot better because now you have Terrence Mann, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard starting games, three guys that are 6'5 with long wingspans that can move well laterally, and now Kawhi Leonard and Paul George aren't guarding the best players. And when you're switching with that, you're switching from Terrence to Kawhi or Paul to Terrence or, Terrence, or Kawhi to Terrence or Paul to Kawhi, 
you are seeing three very solid defenders with Zubats at the rim. I mean, the weakest link now is Marcus Morris in that five. And we saw that be the case where teams would target Marcus Morris, but it made us so much better. So what I'm thinking now is you have Westbrook, you have Kawhi and Paul George, you throw Terrence Mann in there. Now you have four guys with uber athleticism around Zubats. And I think we'll cover a lot of ground, guys that can turn defense into offense quickly. And with Terrence shooting 39% from three last season, you just got to tell him to keep shooting. Because the one flaw with Terrence is he's still hesitant shooting the three ball. He needs to be letting it fly and being told, dude, you shot the three ball at such a great percentage last year. Let it fly. Teams are going to let him shoot. But when they start realizing that it's going in, they're going to close out hard. And then Terrence can do what he does and attack closeouts. And not only does he finish well when he attacks closeouts, he can see the open man and make the right pass. A great connective passer looking for the extra pass when he catches the ball on a swing. He's always making the right plays. And so that's the role I want him in. The only complication comes that Kawhi Leonard is playing power forward. But again, I've done episodes on that and made my stance clear that I want him starting the game at power forward. Doesn't always have to play that, but oftentimes he does play as our second biggest guy anyway. So, hey, that's up to Ty Lue, but that's the role I want to see Terrence in because if he starts, he's guaranteed to play basically 25 plus minutes every single game by just starting each half. But anyway. Coming up, the youngsters. I was asked a couple of questions about Moses Brown and Musa Diabate. Going to be talking about those coming up. All right. To close it out, going to be talking about the role of Kobe Brown and Musa Diabate. I think this question was asked by Alex Webb on Twitter, asking about Kobe Brown, and he asked, do I think he will be getting regular minutes next season? Well, Ty Lu said on All the Smoke, which again, I really recommend you watch. And I did a podcast talking about some of the main takeaways I had from that one a couple episodes ago. But you can find that on all your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube, of course. But Kobe Brown, he said, I don't know if it was there in a different interview. He said he's ready. He's ready. He feels as though... With his big body, he can play the four in certain situations, stretch the floor. And what we saw in the summer league, he can be a presence around the rim in terms of a rotation situation, help defense, you know, low block kind of guy. But that was in the summer league. Can he do it against NBA competition? That I'm not sure of. Now, Kobe Brown may be one of the few big forwards we have. But he's not really one of the few big forwards we have. So my answer to your question, Alex, is I don't think he will be a regular part of the rotation. Tyloo may say he's ready or whatnot, but let's just take a look at the rotation, right? As of now, assuming there's no moves. We got Westbrook. We got Terrence Mann, Kawhi, Paul George, and Zoo. That's my starting five, right? That's five guys that for sure are going to play more than Kobe Brown. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Then you've got Norman Powell. He's definitely going to play more than Kobe Brown. Then you've got Bones Highland, who I think is going to also play more than Kobe Brown, given that we don't really have a backup point guard outside of him, and he should be. Then we have Kenyon Martin Jr., who we just picked up, who I think is a big forward that will be looked to play that role that you might think Kobe Brown is going to play. Kenyon Martin Jr. will be ahead of him in that pecking order. So that's eight players right there. Then you have the trio of Batum, Rocco, and Nico. 
No, Batum, Rocco, and Senior. That makes 11, and then Plumlee makes 12. Haven't even talked about Boston, Coffee, or, uh, you know, Musa Diabate. So, no, I don't think Kobe Brown's going to be getting rotation minutes. I don't. Mason Plumlee is for sure going to play. So, I think with uh, even if you take away Marcus Morris, right? Even if you take away Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, with the experience that they have, will still be ahead of the pecking order ahead of Kobe Brown in the pecking order, in my opinion. If that would be so funny if Kobe Brown's ahead of Robert Covington in the pecking order, that would just show that Rocco needs to get a move on if that's the case. But I don't think Kobe Brown will be in the rotation. And then the last question comes from Terry DeGraff. Terry, uh, really appreciate your support. Asking about Musa Diabate. Do I think he'll spend more time in the G League or with the team? Now, I think this question was answered by the Clippers in the sense that they gave Musa a second two-way contract. So he's going to be spending a lot of time in the G League, and he can only play a maximum of, what, 50 games with that two-way contract. So I don't think we'll see him much, especially with Mason Plumlee going back. I think more of his playing time will be done in the G League than in the NBA. I think they would need an injury for Zoo or Plumlee to have Musa Diabate play because, and here's the thing. If you lose one of them, you could see Ty Lue going small ball if Kawhi Paul George are healthy and you got K Martin, KJ Martin now. So even then Musa Diabate may not be a guaranteed shoe into the rotation if someone gets injured, but it's very likely that if one of those two bigs gets injured, then Musa will be playing. But overall, I think he will log more minutes in the G league personally. But yeah, that's my opinion on that. Overall, Terrence's role, I want it to be the starting shooting guard. I think that ensures him playing more minutes, guarding the best player. Um, and then the youngsters, I don't think Kobe Brown and Musa will be a big part of the rotation next year, given that we are in a win-now situation. And then Marcus Morris, yikes. Choice words for Clipper fans, man. That's how you feel? Well, my thank, my goodbye, thank you, thoughtfulness or message when that trade eventually happens and that move happens, will not be as thoughtful after that, I can assure you. But still, for me, no bad blood towards Marcus Morris. At the end of the day, he isn't talking about the whole fan base. And he did give us some great memories. But that's it for me in this one. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to the uh, my YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper content. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Clippers on YouTube. Hit the notification bell and tell me what you think in the pinned comment of Marcus Morris Sr.'s comments and, or his, his thread, I should say. And make sure you hit the notification bell so you know every single time I post a video. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.